Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I'm Justin. And I'm Jay. I'm Emily. Emily is here this week. Special guest. Yes. And you all should have heard the new stuff, right? That's the continuity, right? Yes. Because I'm not saying that... You're doing it correct. Okay. Uh, I'm doing it correct? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, so we do, got, we do have a new intro, outro. We have a full music track, and we have a little, like, uh, snippets now. You'll hear it through... Out the episode, obviously. So, that's exciting. I think it turned out pretty good. We're looking for uh, feedback on it. Jay's all smiley. Yeah, I, you just lean into that mic and start talking. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm used to it. We don't know if this mic works or not. We have, <laughs> I've spent more money on something that probably does not work with the system I have. Because I don't understand what I'm buying. But it's eventually, fun. I'll throw enough money at it to where it all works out. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> We're professionals. There's an $800 podcaster set that I'm just going to buy. Oh my good lord. Better sell a few more t-shirts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, um, the Ohio Bigfoot Conference is coming up. We should have merch by then. I think we're going to have t-shirts. We just talked about maybe doing some stickers and stuff. I know we have magnets of our artwork. I've already got some of those, but of not of our newer artwork. Ooh. Uh, artwork. 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 Yeah, that's what it sounds like I said. Um, so yeah, Ohio Bigfoot Conference is coming up. Less, it's two months away, kinda, because it stays the first day of March. Yeah. So it's right at the end of April. Yeah, it's literally the last, one of the last days of April and the first day of May. It's Dad's birthday. Yeah, and then my birthday's like that Tuesday, so. Everybody will come up to wish me happy birthday and bring me a cupcake. <laughs> I don't even like cupcakes that much. Bring you me, lie. bring me the, bring me the candy buckeyes. Okay, there you go. I like them. Those I like are peanut always butter. Good. Um, do we have any other new business? Uh, I don't think so. Emily, mm, not that I'm aware of. Okay, I do want to just give another shout out to our art artist that's doing our. Uh, Oh, all of our cover you. art and artwork. Yeah, I guess there is. And why don't you pull up his page so I, we get it correct? Because I know roughly how to say it. He, he's on the Facebook page. He listens. He's, he's yeah. It's PHL Designs on Fiverr. Fiverr. Yeah. And I think all three of the stuff, and I'm going to order the Frogman today after this episode. Uh, but all three of our artworks we have done up, he's done. And I think they're all examples. Every one of them is an example on his page. I think so, yeah. Uh but he yeah. does really good work, really fast, friendly guy, uh, really good pricing. I know his name's PHL Design on uh, Fiverr. Yeah, just get him on Fiverr and you know order stuff from him. He does really good stuff. Uh, so we want to thank him again, and we'll be. I'm, we're at least getting the Frog Man, and I think Jay's gonna get the Dog Man from. Yeah, probably. And we have a game we're gonna play in a different episode, mm. and. I think one of those may be getting artwork made of it, too. Well, don't get spoiled anything. I'm not spoiling it, but... All right, all right. I mean, they'll have to listen to that episode and figure out which one... He's referring to. Call back. Or future... I don't think we'll tell him which one we're going to get artwork of. Well, at least one I want to get artwork of. Right. It's one of my three. I figured. It's probably like the Loch Ness Monster or something. No. We have Sammy. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Sammy's, I gotta get a plush made of Sammy. But add it to the wall. Yeah. Well, we got the Hodag and Mothman, the Mongolian Deathworm. Uh, Our Bigfoot Squishmallow. The rare Rocky Mountain Rainbow Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a future episode. That may be the Rocky Mountain Rainbow Chicken. It's it's a real thing. It's right there. I believe it. <laughs> All right. Um, and then another thing, I know we have. One, we have one listener in the Ukraine. Uh, thoughts and prayers go out to you guys. 
Um, it's horrible what's happening over there. And we're praying for you. Just wanted to say thank you for, you know, I don't know, I, you know, I don't know what to say. It just, it's a horrible thing's happening right now in the world. Yep, no one wants war. We don't want war. American citizens probably don't want war. No, nobody, nobody over there, not without getting too political, nobody over there wants war besides a, a couple people in the government. Right. And it sucks, but. All right, moving on to more, like, I don't know if it's more positive or not. It is positive, yes. Towards, until we get to the end. Uh, <laughs> so, this week's kind of a, a different episode. I know I've said that the last five episodes. We're trying something different here. Yeah. Um, no, it's we're going to talk about the Mammoth Cave system. Uh, some of the, the weirdness around it. Uh, we're not going to talk about any cryptids in particular. We're going to mention some that are uh, in or around openings to the cave system. Uh, Native American uses, disappearances, stuff like that mm-hmm. involving the cave system. So there's not really a focus on any individual creature, monster, or case. But later on, we have a couple of these cryptids on our on our uh, list to cover. So this will be a good callback so you can hear when we talk about the Mammoth Cave System. You can listen to this episode and kind of... Use it as a reference yeah. guide. All right, any comments from you two? Now let's go, let's get into it. All right. Let's do this. Right off the bat, the Mammoth Cave System is the largest cave system in the world. Which is insane to think about. Yeah. Um, and you may ask where it's at. So Mammoth, the Mammoth Cave Park is in uh, Kentucky, I almost said Canada. It's in Kentucky. And it's a part of, so there's kind of a, I don't know, I've read it both ways. That the Mammoth Cave System is a part of the Flint Ridge Cave System. And vice versa, the Flint Ridge Cave System is actually a part of the Mammoth Cave System. Um, but it it is it stretches from uh, like Illinois and Kansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and all the way up almost to New York. That's pretty Ohio, vast, Indiana. Vast area. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty much the whole north end of the uh, the Smokies. Okay. Out to the plains, up to like Illinois and stuff like that. It's huge. It's I mean, look, we have a map in front of us, and we're all like looking at this desk. But it's 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 a very uh large cave system. And that's just what we've mapped. Yeah, that's and then they're finding new stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So a couple of the places we're arguing. We have a blob. We have a, a map here of the of cave systems in the U.S. There's a blob out in Kansas, uh, in Illinois and stuff. They have connected that. Oh wow! To the Mammoth Cave in Kansas. System. Yeah. So we're talking New York to Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't. Even though it has like a little break there, or are they just connecting it in? They're just talking that they suspect that it's connected. They just haven't mapped that. I mean, it's. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But yeah, so there's all kinds of other stuff that they suspect is connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so why? So, I don't know. I don't have this really written down, so I'm going off the top of my head. Why this cave system is huge? It's a limestone. Uh, it's a limestone cave system underneath the Smokies. Mm-hmm. The Smokies are considerably older than the Rockies. Mm-hmm. That's why when you look at our cave systems out west of the United States, they're all small, individualized cave systems. And over here, we have giant cave systems because this side of America is a lot older rock formations. So it's had a lot more time to basically form these giant labyrinths. And limestone dissolves, right? Yeah. Okay. So waterways and stuff. Yeah. It's, little, it's it's basically, you know, little creeks underground. It's like the Grand Canyon below ground. Any comments on those parts so far? It's way bigger than I can even imagine before. I knew it was big before, but so much bigger than I even imagined. It, it definitely earns its name. Yeah. Mammoth. I mean, it kind of looks like a mammoth. No, I don't know why they call it mam- Mammoth Cave System. Why don't you look that up? I think that's why you're here, is to look stuff up. I think it's because it's so mammoth. I th- I don't know if it's because of that, or if they found mammoth bones in it. See, it could be a play on words. Or the mammoths living in it. you think that would have been one of the first things we researched after we... Uh... After you start talking out loud, you're like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm dumb. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think it's because it's so big. Mammoth Caves just sounds... It was first used to describe the cave in the early 1800s. It refers to the mammoth size of the cave's chambers and avenues, okay. uh-huh. not the prehistoric elephant-like mammal. All right, just uh-huh. making sure. Thank yeah. you, Em. That's why you're here. Uh, I in the cathedral. Look up how big the cathedral is in the Mammoth Cave system. 
Where is the cathedral located? It's in the park somewhere. I, I like know you, Kentucky? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's the largest individual natural cave room in the world. That's that's crazy. Because I think there's some bigger ones in the Middle East area. Okay. But they're carved out. Oh, okay. So people have made... Made it bigger. Yeah. Or have, have caused it with dynamiting and stuff like that to gotcha. be bigger. I think it's the largest naturally occurring... I think they call them rooms... Uh, when you talk about caves. Yeah. Um, just naturally occurring boxes, basically. Which, yeah, I mean, and that's just discovered. I mean, we still don't know. I mean, they're still mapping it. Yeah, they're still and mapping we'll, it. Yeah, I'll get to how many miles have mapped. Even just this cave system they're mapping, but around the world, I bet yeah. there's still so much undiscovered cave yeah, systems. And it would make sense why Mammoth Cave is so big and where it's located. Mm -hmm. It's because it's one of the geologically oldest places. Okay, gotcha. So, I mean... I'm not saying there's not a bigger cave out there in the world somewhere. Yeah. But it makes sense why the largest cave in the world is there, where it is. Oh, for sure, yeah. I can um, see why, yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, people talk about how much bigger the Rockies are than the Smokies. Mm -hmm. It's because the Rockies are really, really young compared to the Smokies. The Smokies used to be giants like the Rockies. Just worn down. They're worn down by wind and rain. So the hundreds, story Hundreds goes. and thousands of feet of rock. Yeah. Are wore down by wind and rain. It, I think it's just crazy. But how'd they get up so high in the first place? It was a fault line. I think they were fault line mountains. I think uh, human beings just built it. Piled them up there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But um, it shows yeah. it's 150 feet up and 140 feet long. So 150 feet tall, and 140 feet long. So it's taller than it is long. Yeah. Uh, so our Midwest people, your average grain elevator is 90 feet tall. Oh, good reference. Uh, if you're from Europe, and I don't know if you guys have grain elevators, it's not a thing that lifts corn up into the air, like an elevator, like in a building. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's like a, it's a storage silo for grain. Why do they call? Uh, never mind. I, I don't know what they call them elevators. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, because it elevates the corn. Oh, true. Duh, duh. Like mammoth caves. Yeah. Okay, it all does come together. Uh, so they're big. The the, uh, the cathedral is big. Um, excuse me. So the limestone labyrinth with more than four hundred miles of explored cave system. Okay. Uh, the park is estimated that this is just the park, not the whole cave system, has four hundred miles of explored caves. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And estimated to have over six hundred miles in its system. Uh, there's over in the in the Mammoth Cave parks. There's over 200 caves in the park uh, that exist as disconnected fragments from the larger Mammoth Cave system. So there's caves that have been broken off. There's yeah. caves that have been sealed, and there's some caves they're not sure about. So that's kind of the end of that little section. Just kind of the introduction to the the park more than the cave system itself. So the park's big. The park's huge. It's and it's, and it's the caves huge. gigantic. Yeah. So the park's kind of built on the major. Like, the major opening of the cave. Mm -hmm. I think it's the largest opening. There are other openings we'll talk about in the country for this cave, but this is kind of built on the big guy. Gotcha. By the cathedral room mm -hmm. and everything. I don't know how far you have to walk to get to the cathedral, but I know you can get to it from the park. Gotcha. Um, so, any comments or anything before we move on from that one? Nope. Just, so far, big. Big. It's, I mean, it's earned its name. Yes. <laughs> its name was given quite properly. All right, we're going to talk about the biodiversity of the Mammoth Park and the cave system. Uh, Mammoth Cave National Park is home to a variety of birds, crustaceans, fish, insects, mammals, mussels, plants, and reptiles. Animals thrive in the lush forest, waterways, and the cave system found throughout the park. Um, so, the park and the cave system have over 70 species that are classified as a threatened, endangered, or uh, listed as, what was it, threatened, endangered, or state listed. Mm. Um, including the Kentucky cave shrimp, which is only, I think it's only found in the Mammoth Caves, and the shovel-nosed mussel, which is found in the caves. Only in the caves? I think so. Or the sheep-nosed mussel, sorry. Okay. If I could read. That would help. Uh, pretty much all mussels in the U.S. are endangered. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Microplastics. Oh. Yeah, I've heard that's bad. I heard uh, the human being ha eats like a, uh, credit card sized piece of or credit card sized plastic through microplastics through the water they drink you drink i believe it so they just found oh here's one of our off topic tangents mm -hmm. 
they last year I think it was the year or the year before they had finally found microplastics in the guts of animals from the Mariana's Trench. So there's wow. no place in the planet that doesn't have microplastics. No, you know you learn to live with it. I guess. Yeah, you just we're gonna go extinct. It's fine. Yeah, everything does eventually. Um, so park visitors may uh, may commonly observe uh, gray squirrels, songbirds, snakes, salamanders, beetles, freshwater fish, and many more as they hike, bike, paddle. This is like a little selling point for the park. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a pretty. It's a very very pretty park. Uh, the park has nearly 160 species of animals, uh, in it, which is quite incredible. That's a lot. Um, there are, so animals specific to, like, the, uh, the cave system, there are, uh, cave crickets, um, Allegheny wood rats, uh, Refuquin big-eared bats. Ooh. Those sound exotic. Uh, there's also, uh... Uh, eyeless cave fish, a lot of cra- or a lot of crayfish. I think there's cave swamp fish in there too. Um, any of my fish people, I mean that's kind of a a rarity. What's what classifies something as a cave swamp fish? So there's a swamp fish is an animal. It's a species. Oh, okay, okay. It's not the a fish that lives in the swamp. swamp. It okay. is an actual species name. Swamp. And fish. then it has a variant that is found in the in caves. caves. Okay. Eyeless. Uh, any uh, relation to the swamp thing? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I think Swamp Thing is a mammal. Oh, okay. Or it started out as a mammal. We can look <laughs> in that mammal book. Oh, yeah. And we just bought a whole bunch of books. All right. <laughs> mammal book. I'm excited over it. All right. So any questions about the history or the, the kind of biology of the park? It's very bioactive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of endangered and threatened species. Kentucky, though, is, in, in general, is home to a lot of endangered and threatened species. And sometimes a lot of it is just due to they're only they have really really small ranges. A lot of species that are found in Kentucky and Tennessee are only found in Kentucky and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And the Rolling Hills, and the Flatlands, and the Flatlands. But uh, I know uh, so Tennessee is the most biodiverse amphibian place on the planet. That's kind of insane. Okay, uh, it has so many species of just. I mean, I'm a salamander guy. It has so many species of just salamanders. Yeah, they're just found in, in Tennessee, Tennessee in huh. Kentucky. So that's why the park's really cool. I, it's a very, very big plethora of biodiversity. Mm-hmm. Any comments? Almost like so big. So it's a gigantic area with gigantic swaths of life living in it. Yeah, no, it's very the uh, the cave system itself is very alive, at least from what we can see. Uh, there's a lot of parts they blocked off because they don't want human traffic going through uh, to mess with stuff like uh, blind cave fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excuse me. And swamp fi- cave swamp fish can be very, very uh, sensitive mm-hmm. to stuff coming into the cave. So the, they live in very shallow water. So I mean, you you don't realize it, but you step in your foot and stuff can really mess stuff up and stuff. Some of them are isolated populations that may only have you know a thousand fish in them. Right, it's just that they've been right breeding there. forever. Yeah, uh, they're like the Devil's Hole pubfish has a population between ninety and a hundred and forty. It's been like that for the last couple thousand years. Wow, they're yeah. like on the. They're the most. Then. They're the most uh, endangered animal on the planet. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So would you say it works like a vernal pool then for some of these animals? Uh yeah, I I know like the green salamanders are down there. Like what they say, what what they say, Allegheny cave salamanders. Yeah. Yeah. So there are there are vernal pools in there for breeding. And some of them, even though they're not a true vernal pool, they don't dry up. That's the definition of vernal pool. It dries up. Uh, there are probably amphibians breeding down there because the lack of fish. Hmm. So salamanders basically breed where there's no water with no fish. Oh, okay. Uh, because their larva gets eaten Eat so easily. Eaten by the fish, yeah. Anything else? Oh, let's continue. Anything else? Nope. Okay. All right. Straight into... Uh, we're going to talk about the Native American history with the cave system. It's kind of broken up into two chunks. There's ancient Native American and more modern Native American. Um, ancient Native American. Uh, the human history of the Mammoth Cave area began roughly 12,000 years ago uh, with the exploration of the Mammoth Cave itself, dating back to between f- uh, five to 4,000 years ago. Prehistoric people from the late... 
Archaea and early woodland periods often uh, inhabited the forests and the plains in the Kentucky area with a focus on the river valleys for their abundant resources, the hunter-gatherer lifestyle, which led them to discover the Mammoth Caves thousands of years before the arrival of European settlers. Uh, by 1200 BC, uh, prehistoric people mined gypsum, mineralite, epsomite, and other related minerals in the passageways of the caves. So I'm not going to read this whole thing, but basically, mm-hmm. these minerals were naturally producing stalactites and stalagmites in the cave system. And there's mm-hmm. these little mini ones, and they were using mussel shells to kind of scrape this off. So in a way, they were farming these minerals. Uh, so it was very that was a really really you know a cool way they were using this using mussel shells. Don't they know those are going extinct? Not in their time. They were probably they should have known better. Friggin' dirt common. They didn't know about microplastics coming up. I don't think plastic was around. Wow. No wonder why, you know, natives, you know. Um, so, and then later, during white uh, white settlers doing pushback to the Native Americans, is the only time that we can, that we really are sure of that the caves were being inhabited by people. Because uh, they were there to witness it or account it? No, it's, the pe- the earlier peoples didn't use the cave as a home. They used it as, like, we talked about resources. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as I could find, I didn't see any religious significance or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cave was just kind of used as a mineral farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was gathered stuff. And then when white settlers were pushing out Native Americans from their homeland, they were inhabiting it because it was just easier. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have to build something to stay out of the rain and stuff. It's already there. But that was, as far as uh, my research I could find, that was the only inhabited, you know, the only people that were living in the cave were those people that were being pushed out. So we're talking the last, you know, what was that, three, four hundred years. Yeah. Uh, so not, you know, it wasn't... Or five hundred. And stuff in caves stays around forever. Uh, the biological breakdown slows way down. Uh, we would know if we would have a better idea if people were living there versus just farming minerals. Right, yeah. And it makes sense. They, The people in that area didn't need to live in the caves before, you know, war and pushback and stuff like that. You know, they, they had plenty of resources. Uh, they wanted to be more down by the water, you know, that's more access to food. And they'd come up every couple months to scrape off a little bit of... These minerals would kind of act like an algae with the way they would grow. You mm-hmm. know, it'd be a real thin layer on the cave walls. And mm-hmm. then, but yeah. Comments on that? No. No, let's keep going. Okay. So, I have a little map. First little map. And I, Emily will post all of these on the Facebook page here in a little bit. Um, it's just cave openings in the park itself. And it has around 70 cave openings in the park itself. It's crazy. So this is the main cave line. And these are all the chutes where it breaks up to the surface. Uh, People at home, it's really like a vascular system is what it looks like. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Uh, But it's crazy. Um, So there are pop openings everywhere. And there's the big U.S. map. And it's hard to see, but it goes. So that's kind of the... The basic breakdown of the Mammoth Cave system without the weird and the strange and everything. Without the woo. Yeah. And the Mammoth Cave system does have a lot of woo. So before we get into the woo, thoughts on the Mammoth Cave system itself. I know we've talked about uh, taking vacation down there mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, it's on our list. And we'll have a big camp trip or something like that. Okay. Uh, I know Nick and Jess are going to go, I think, uh, depending on having a baby in April, but we're looking mm-hmm. at maybe the end of May. And they do tours and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a uh, River of Sticks tour. Mm-hmm. I've never been there before. I've never been either. Hmm. Uh, so I think it'd be a fun thing to do. It looks like a fun park, you know, mm-hmm. and it's cool. I don't like caves. Um, I've gone into Ohio Caverns a lot. Uh, I think it's just the worst way to die is in a cave <laughs> you don't die immediately right because you're in the pitch black and if you have water you know you're not going to dehydrate with most cave systems have some kind of water but you're going to slowly starve to death and suffocate and suffocate so you may have up to three to four weeks to sit in the pure blackness thinking about your inevitable death 
unless you just explore and you find the entrance to inner earth and you you uh arrive at shambhala you're gonna mm. you walk off a cliff is what you're gonna do oh well that sounds better than starving to death i don't know because you have like the chilean miners hope of they're gonna get me out of here yeah i guess you know right. if you start walking around you remember it's pitch black yeah absolutely no light you start clicking your tongue like, like a bat put, like White things. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to go out once the cave falls on top of your head. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what if, since it looks like a big vascular system, what if oh my gosh. the cave was formed by a giant, and by a giant I mean like something the size of Kentucky, size, you know, millions of years ago, died, collapsed there, earth took over. And now where it's bones and it's circulatory system, all that is calcified over to become this cave system. And now that's what we're walking in. We're just tiny versions of what once was. And that's why it looks the way it looks. Maybe like the little blood cells going through little raspberries or something. Aren't we just little blood cells in the world? (laughs) This is the last time we're having both of you on an episode together. (laughs) Why? Because you're feeding off each other. I th- I'm just saying, it adds up. It adds up. <laughs> it's there. I mean, if you stop doing math, yeah, everything adds up. <laughs> See? It's that McGuffey math. Yeah, McGuffey math. <laughs> I don't know if we have any listeners from McGuffey, but the guys are bad at math. All right. <laughs> so, on that note, we're going to take a break. <laughs> uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about... Uh, a couple cryptids around cave, the, the Mammoth Cave opening system, like openings in the system, um, and just general disappearances and stuff like that. All right, we'll be right back. And we are back. Bum, bum, bum. So now we're starting to get into the weird and, like Jay said, the woo of the mammoth cave system and the connecting cave systems. And cave systems in general, it's kind of freaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, any in general comments before we start getting into the meat and potatoes of this? Um, well, I can only imagine that as big and as vast as the biodiversity is inside a lot of weird there's leaves a lot of room for some weird things to yeah and live and take place so we're gonna later on that's that's not the first thing we're talking about when we start talking about cryptids though Mm -hmm. so cave animals always kind of so we talk about om uh ohms which are giant cave salamanders in russia Mm. uh blind cave tetras all the blind cave fish uh cave uh crayfish there's kind of a universal trait that happens. They lose all pigment. They turn white. Because uh, pigment's not needed because nobody's using their eyes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, eyes go one or two ways. They get extremely developed. Or they reduce to nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, they adapt. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's the point. They adapt. But the, the way they adapt is pretty universal. Uh, even, like, vertebrates and invertebrates... They turn white and they either lose their eyes or they they try to get super eyes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the thing is, once you go cave, it's it's very, very hard for a creature to get out of the cave system. And and if you're fully adapted for the cave system and move around. Once you go cave, you never go back. Yeah. Sure, there's a better rhyme in there, but... Uh, But so when you start seeing some of these cryptids we're going to get into, they don't like being out above the cave it almost seems like it seems like they're having they're struggling mm-hmm. to move around and do stuff because even a little bit of moonlight at night is a lot to a creature that probably has almost no light at all that cave life now yeah cave life i need a i need a shirt that says, says cave that. life yeah and that'll be a merch <laughs> we'll make start making beer coos that say cave life yeah uh, Caveman, Sasquatch, crossover. Just a friggin' isopod. <laughs> cave life. Be real simple. Blind cave fish. Cave yeah. life. Alright, so this is kind of a, a map, and I'm going to show you guys, of 
disappearances around cave systems. And it's really weird, and it's from Reddit, and I had a lot of trouble finding the actual source of the map. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't have a lot of information on the map, and we're going to post all this on Facebook tonight. That'll be Emily's job. Um, you're our tech person. Apparently. Yeah. Is it because I'm younger? Yes, definitely. <laughs> figure this, I don't know figure these is. mics out. Yeah, that's an excellent task. But, so here's kind of the map <laughs> of disappearances versus cave openings. So your top is your disappearances, mm -hmm. and your bottom is your cave openings. And the similarities are striking nonetheless. Very overlapping. And the other thing with the cave systems that's kind of not in this map is they're also heavily influenced by national and state forest. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's the same with the disappearances that you could pretty much you could do that too. You could overlay a state forest map and a disappearance, and it would map. look it would look similar too. Uh, so there's kind of this general thought of you know Bigfoot creatures of the caves in in just general. Uh, people falling into the cave system, unopened or unmarked openings, and then you're gone. Uh, when we lived in Hawking, that was people did that all the time. Wayne National Forest one year had like forty four unsolved uh, disappearances, but there are cave openings, just randomly and mine open. Yeah, well, yeah. Don't go out there. There's there's definitely a serial killer out in Wayne National, hundred percent. Uh, but we found one that there was a a like a gate saying don't go any further, and the gate had fallen into the cave. Mm. So you'd have to fell like 50 feet to find the gate. Yeah. So it worked great. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, like you can, people hiking at night and stuff like that, you get off the trail, it's the dumbest thing. So there's a PSA for you. If you do not know the area and you're hiking at night, which is fine, stay on the trail. Don't think, huh, I'm going to walk over there and see. There's nothing new. It's just the same trees and the same plants and a hole you're going to fall into never be seen from again. Mm -hmm. Or a serial killer or a chupacabra. It's just stay on the trail. It's one of those three, guaranteed. It's most likely the serial killer or the big hole. Yeah. But I have known chupacabras to take hikers. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, they just had that chupacabra in Pennsylvania. Oh, never mind. Strike that. Nobody pay attention to that. I don't know how to edit yet, so. Okay, okay. Because that's going to be on Encrypted News. Oh, Cryptid News? Is that a new segment coming Yeah. Alright, I like it. Uh, but anyways. So, that was <laughs> that was one of the things, is that this map does look very striking. But we talk, we've talked about before, you can make data look however, you can skew data to make it look however you want it to look. Exactly. And I do get that impression from this map a little bit, from mm -hmm. the people that made it. Uh, it's very, I think the core disappearances... They had very strict criteria mm, okay. for the disappearances, which is fine. But, you know, you got to understand that when you look at stuff like this, that there's could be some heavy data skewing manipulation. Yeah. And how to lie with statistics. Yes. Yeah, really I mean, so, yeah, and that's the other thing. But like when I did my fish work and we were going against like an oil refinery, mm. you know, it wasn't us going against it. It was our data. We just flat laid out our data. We didn't do any. We didn't do any statistic modifications or nothing like that. The yeah. data is what we collected is what we get sent in. And their team would collect the same data and heavily manipulate it and get different results. Mm -hmm. So that was always what the arguments were about is whose data is correct. Well, the data is the same. It's whose reputation, representation of the data is how correct. You, how you interpret it. Yeah. And, yep. and like you said, lying with statistics. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's that's one of the biggest things in the world. Uh, very common and we're talking about some lawsuits and like I said I can never actually go into any of it non-disclosure and whatever but some of the lawsuits I that my data was involved in are hundreds of millions of dollars in single lawsuits so mm. not small money yeah and or some freaking hick fish crew collecting data and then they have this $50,000 boat and I don't know right yeah it's all it's all posturing. It's all uh, mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. To get down to it, yeah. So we'll put this map up, and you can look. Um, but yeah, any comments about the disappearance maps? What do you think? Do you think it's mostly just people falling in, or serial I, killer, or I think it's something else. 
I think it's a it's a heavy mix. I think mm. it's it's inappropriate to slam all these into the same category. Agreed, yeah. Uh people die in national forest constantly. And I know people pretend like especially your natural park your parking services and stuff like that, pretend it doesn't happen. It happens. Mm. And a good chunk of it is just people being dumb. You got all these weekend warriors that go out. Wayne National is a dangerous... I talk about Wayne National because we live there. Mm-hmm. Is a dangerous forest, if you want it to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's cliffs. There's, like, there's, there's mine shaft openings. There's cave openings, you know. You can hurt yourself... Oh, yeah. ...really easily and not have any help. And nobody know you're there. Right, yeah. And so I think a lot of Wayne Nationals is actually... People falling in mine shafts because they're everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. It sucks there too. Yeah, so. I mean you're not gonna get help unless I mean, it's a bigfoot. And there are stories. There are it. some of the weirder stuff. Not to say I don't believe in it. it just, I, I do. I don't think bigfoots are hunting people. No, I mean you're only gonna get help if bigfoots there. To help oh people. yeah, bigfoot picks you up and nurses you. Because no one else is gonna be out there. Yeah, but I do think there are a lot of human caused disappearances mm-hmm. uh we had a weird guy and i don't know if i've told the story in the podcast i don't know if i told the story before we had a fire out wayne national and some guy like walked right through the middle of our site walked right almost through the fire and kept walking and wouldn't say anything to us wouldn't make eye contact. like we weren't there that's so weird and then we left yeah i would too i would try it right now because it's just like and there are we've met i've been i mean for classes and stuff like that i've been way out in wayne national and we went and fished secret ponds out in Lake Nash and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And there's weird people out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's weird people out there. And then you have the more woo, uh, which we're going to get into the next kind of part of some of these maybe things in the cave system that may come out and get food. And that's not uncommon. There are creatures that we know about that live in caves. Uh, I, I kind of missed it earlier. But, for example, there's a songbird migration through a part of the mammoth cave system. Uh, I, they nest in the, inside the mammoth cave system, like bats. Mm. Uh, so hmm. You don't have to be a, a cave creature to... To live in a cave. Yeah, to take advantage of the cave as a good resource. Mm-hmm. Um, for, you know, weather protection and stuff like that. I mean, there's very few predators on the top of a, a cave ceiling for right. a bird. Uh, but there, when we start getting into some of these creatures, you'll see larger cave animals like the ohm for example the ohm is a cave salamander uh we have oxlottles here uh i don't know of any about homeless that an oxlottle looks like if emily will help me remember we'll post a picture of an ohm too uh uh we'll post a picture of an ohm ohms used to uh in russia they're from russia where when they were first discovered thought they were baby dragons yeah and that is the only reason they're still around it's because they're uh, not ancient Russians. I don't know. A long time ago, Russians yeah. were like, oh, this is baby dragons. We got to get out of here. Yeah. And that's why they were left alone. Ohms, like, breed once every 70-ish years. Which they're is super. That's but they're insane. super long, lanky, no eyes, white salamanders. Mm. And I bring that up because larger cave animals get super long and lanky and... Because a couple of the cryptids we're going to talk about have this same kind of body design. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. It doesn't make sense for a surface animal. They look like paper. Like if you punch, like one of the creatures we're going to talk about is a Dover Demon. You could punch the Dover Demon and I think it would die. Like it claps in on itself like a house of cards. I just it got this image in my head of you out there punching <laughs> <laughs> cryptids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dover De- I'd punch the Dover Demon. Like, as a scientific like measure, though. You're just out there surveying. Uh, you see... Uh, are you a cave creature? Punch. <laughs> yeah. Yep, dead. Uh, not punching a Sasquatch. <laughs> no. <laughs> the hit back would be tremendous. Yeah, that's out of your... Uh... That's how you get liquefied. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like me punching the Dover Demon. I thought you did punch the Dover no, Demon. No, if the Sasquatch punched me, it'd be like me oh, punching the Dover Demon. Are, yeah, you turn the paper and... Mm-hmm. Fold like a house of cards. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to make that clear that there is a biological premise mm-hmm. for these creatures looking this way. It's not, you know, a lot of these creatures look like this. Any comments before we move on to some a couple cryptids? A couple cryptids, yeah. I mean, yeah, keep on going. Okay. 
Alright, so like we already just said, you know, the first one we're going to talk about is the Dover Demon. Um, yeah, uh, Dover, Massachusetts, which, let me pull up my cave map. Yes, so pieces mm. of the cave system do get to Massachusetts. I thought wow. so, but I wanted to make sure before I right, stepped yeah. on the air. Uh, so the Dover Demon from Massachusetts. Yeah, is still connected to the same cave system. So I'm just going to read. I have a little story. So we're not going to go into detail on these because these are probably future episodes. Uh, they're at least in our pool for future episodes. And that's why this episode's kind of really important. It may not be the funnest episode we we do or have done. But it's evident to show you that there may be a connection to these things. Oh, yeah. Everything's connected. And the, I think the Mammoth Cave System does have some significance for a lot of these stories. Explaining mm -hmm. how there's these pop-ups. They look like there's the same cryptid that's popping up. And how maybe it could actually be the same group of the same species popping up over areas. What are you all smiling about? Transversing cave systems. Synchronicities. Synchronicities. <laughs> Don't ruin it because that's on here. <laughs> she doesn't even know. She was making fun of something that's on here. Uh, so I'm just going to give you a little short about the Dover Demon. Okay. Uh... 17-year-old William uh, Bartlett claimed that while he was driving on April 21st, 1977, he saw a large-eyed creature uh, with trendle-like fingers, I don't know what that is, and glowing eyes on top of its, uh, on top of a broken stone wall on a farm in Dover, Massachusetts. Uh, later on, 15-year-old John Baxter reported seeing a similar creature, uh, and then another kids separately. Andy Barham claimed to see the creature falling in the following night. Uh, so basically this creature was described as uh, like four and a half feet tall, not not super big, large, bulbous head, humongous eyes, tiny, tiny little mouth, and mm. really long, spindly hands and fingers. Uh, really long, spindly hands and legs. Or, you know, legs and feet, I mean. Right, yeah. Uh, really, the pictures of the Dover Demon, anybody types it in, it's Kind of looks kind of like a great alien that's been starved to death. It's a very frail and very, and very, very skinny and frail. And the sightings basically make a line. Uh, so everybody's seen this creature. They all seen it separately. But it was like a line, boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. So it was going from one spot to another. Um, and then the sightings have kind of stopped really quick. There are cave openings in the area, and that's and that's not my theory. That has already been thrown out by a bunch of different researchers. I want to make that clear. That it was a cave creature mm -hmm. that popped up and went to another opening. Or popped up and got stuck out for some reason. Like, so these were all sightings outside of the cave? Yeah, these were all sightings on a road, like roadside and stuff like that. Okay. And one, or two nights. Uh, the first two seen one night, and then the second kid seen it the next night. Okay. So... It could have been a cave creature foraging around a cave opening and getting separated from the cave. Mm -hmm. This thing looks like it could have been taken out by a coyote. Mm -hmm. So this is not like this big... And we talk about Bigfoot, you know, it's not the king of a forest or nothing like that. This is a creature that is... Yeah, there's a good... Okay. Yeah, uh, Emily has the picture. Uh, it's a creature that could very easily, you know, be, be prey. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, it, it, it could have been separated. I could see my dog doing some work to that thing in no mm -hmm. time. In very short time. Or what if it, like, came out of a cave opening and then the cave opening had closed? Like, collapsed in or something? Yeah. And that does happen, stuck. you know. Un unstable caves. And that may have been, it may have been going somewhere where it knew what another cave opening was. Mm -hmm. uh, creatures in the caves often have decent smell and stuff like that. So you could you smell, smell yeah, opening. yeah. And yeah, so a lot of, a lot of times when there's one cave opening, it's like a Swiss cheese. There's mm -hmm. a lot of cave openings in the same kind of area, mm -hmm. and then there's a long swath of land with no cave openings. Okay, comments on the Dover Demon. Do you think it's it's kind of in, sounds like it describes a crave a crave a cave like creature? Yeah, it's very to me it does fit the bill. Yeah, of a lot of higher cave creatures. I mean, mm -hmm. you just get away from even. Invertebrates have the you know the pale skin and reduction right, yeah, on exactly. He's, spindly long yeah. body. Yeah, but it very like we, I talked about the ohm specifically because it reminds me so much of the Dover Demon. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, the same uh, basic creature that starts off like that, 
Pull up a picture of an ohm for Jay, pretty please. O L M. Oh, ohm. Okay. I was thinking ohm like a, you know, like Indians do, like ohm. Well, they do look like axolotls. Yeah, they're not related very closely, but they do have a very similar. Let me see the picture. They're yeah. Like long snouted. Yeah. Snake axolotls. Almost yeah. no eyes. They eat. I think I don't want to say it wrong, but a lot of times they only eat once or twice a year. Hmm. Uh, they live incredibly long lifespans. You want to look up the average lifespan of an ohm. We've only witnessed one ever laying eggs, and we've been watching her for around 50 years, and she's never been in contact with a male. Uh, so as far as we know, she either bred a long time ago and saved genetic material until she had enough calories mm -hmm. to lay eggs, or they may produce asexually mm -hmm. in extreme cases. Um, it says they live on average about 69 to 70 years. Yeah. That's crazy. So she, yeah. How long until you're going to get one in uh, one of your fish tanks? There's here? only a pair, I think, in the U.S., and it's a guy in Texas trying to breed them. Wow. Uh, never, I don't think. It, it is one of my... It's on the list. It's on your list. It's on, it's, it, it would be a dream species. Yeah. They do fairly well in captivity, uh, as far as everybody... that's just getting them. Have them. Yeah, they're just... I think maybe 20 or 30 years down the line, they may be available for extreme collectors, mm -hmm. uh, but it's never going to be a pet store. Right, fine. right, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm s very specific people would yeah. have that. Uh, but they're, they're cool. I can see you being one of them, though. I, I mean, I'm definitely, would probably be on a list. <laughs> right, yeah. I think you're on a lot of lists. Yeah, a lot of them are good, though. <laughs> um, ready for the next cryptid? Oh, yeah. yeah. And this is... Well, Emily said the synchronicities. So, uh, oh, we just talked about them. Greg and Dana Newkirk and a couple other people did the Hellier documentary that was about the Hopskinville goblins. Theirs was actually about Hellier, the Hellier goblins, but they kind of get connected. Mm. Uh, which were directly, both things were directly creatures coming out of cave systems or around cave systems. Uh, the Hellier one was cave, creature came out of cave. Yeah. And there are, there are in Kentucky other goblins. So with both those are in Kentucky. There are other sites that have goblin-like creatures that are in and around cave systems. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. But real quick. Uh, on the evening of August 21st, 1955, five adults and seven children arrived at Hopkins Police Station claiming a small alien creature from the spaceship were attacking their farmhouse. And they had been... Uh, holding them off with gunfire. They were shooting these things and they would sound like they were hitting tin cans. The creatures would like bounce away and then come right back. And they're like trying to get into the windows and grabbing at people's hair and stuff like that. Mm. And it didn't seem like the gunfire ever actually affected them. Finally, there was like a cease in activity and they bolted for the police station. Uh, from everything I've read, the family was very upstanding, non-drinkers. Um, hmm. And the police basically said they were drunk, and it was not, you know, it was, I, a lot of it seems like the, and the, you know, the story goes back and forth between who believes it, who doesn't. Right, it's all hearsay. But the family seemed, from its neighbor's perspective, to be a very respectable, poor family. Yeah. Uh, they had, you know, they enjoyed their, like, they had family in town, that was the highlight of their year, was having family. Mm -hmm. uh, so they seemed like good people. Yeah. Good, you know, good down-to-earth people. But that's pretty much that one. And then, like, the uh, the Hellier one is the same type of creature coming out of a cave uh, cave mount. Um, you know, you can say whatever you want. I don't know how true the story is or whatever, but there are other goblin-like creatures. And these goblins were uh, around three and a half feet tall. They have super large eyes, little tiny split mouth, little tiny bodies, super hmm. big heads. And either giant ears or some kind of giant protrusions on either side of their head. Hmm, okay. Very, they looked very bat-like. Yeah. Little tiny bat people. Kind of image I'm conjuring up in my head. And it was, uh, when, you know, once it, you see bats have little tiny eyes and right. pretty big huge ears. Uh, and for the, uh, the, the Hopskinville, they said there was a spaceship dropped them off. But then later on there were some reports that saying that maybe they were coming out of the cave. So they were already in the cave system. Okay. So it just, you know, it's all hearsay at this point, but just creatures. And there's a lot more to that story, like we said. This is... Quick overview. Yeah, this is just, yeah. 
a quick slice of a of a very chunky story. Right, yeah. Hmm. Comments? I wouldn't want to... You know, and I can see why you don't like caves now a little bit. And, yeah, I'm not scared of these creatures on land, or above above the ground. In the caves, though. Yeah, well, they can see and I can't. Exactly, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine what would go through my mind if I ever encountered anything like those two. That goblin or the the other one you just were talking about. I forget, I already forget his name. The demon. The demon, the Dover demon, yeah. I feel like I'd blend in, so. Yeah, the <laughs> Yeah. I think you've called her a Dover demon before. I probably have. No, I'm just kidding. I think you have. Uh, can you look up for me who does Missing 411? Oh, that's, uh... David Clytus, I believe, is his name, but... That, yeah, it's just David... Yeah. I, but I don't want to... I want to get it accurate. Okay. I gotcha. like his work. Yeah. Whether it's true or not, I like his work. David Pol... Politis? Yes. Okay, Politis. Yeah, David Politis. He's a polite guy. Uh, but yeah, so the Missing 411 outfits with overlays with a... So this is kind of our last topic. Uh kind of overlays with a lot of this mm. uh does it have to do i know with the missing 401 it takes a lot of criteria for a missing person to be classified as a missing 401 but a lot of the missing 401 actually overlays with cave systems and national forest mm-hmm. more national forest when he does it this is about caves this episode is about cave systems so we're focused on that mm-hmm. so any thoughts on that well um i, I guess I, my thought is caves are very vast very i want to say they're almost not they're unknown to the most common people i would say but i could if there's creatures living there and they're coming out if if you're wandering nearby i don't know it just seems so easy for you to get scooped up and that and pulled in and never I, seen again how many kids how, teenagers have found a cave and walked right into it and oh. walked around mm-hmm. i would do it in a heartbeat if i were out and there. do you remember the ohio caverns oh yeah with Ooh. the cliff like they say the first guy that walked into there died. It's a big drop. Yeah. And you walk around it. And it's mm-hmm. easy to walk around, but he didn't know, and he walked into a pit. Yeah. So I think there could be a lot of that with this cave systems. Mm-hmm. And then you don't know. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. You're back in a cave 60 foot down. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to find you. Uh, I know I'm guilty of it. Me and Nick would walk into holes we'd found in Wayne National. Yeah. Like, oh, this is neat. Yeah. We'll I'd never go more than the door, but Nick would walk into it, and that could be, that could be it. Right, yep. Uh, caves can be very unstable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mammoth Cave and Ohio Caverns are very, as far as we know, at least the part parts are very stable. Old caves, you know, mm-hmm. they're strong, they're sturdy. What's fallen is already fallen. Yeah. What's gonna fall, I mean, what's gonna fall is already fallen, most likely. For the most part, yeah. yeah. Everything's pretty stable, yeah. settled down. It's, yeah, it's, it's calmed down. There's not a lot of pressure on top of it anymore. Uh, but that doesn't mean every cave you find is gonna be that way. Mm-hmm. So I think a good chunk of this could just be people going into caves and not realizing it. Um, question. Where was that that giant quartz deposit? Was that Kentucky? Somerset, Is Kentucky. That, so, But that's got to be in that area of the cave system, right? Yeah, it'd probably be close. I wonder if there's some like overlap with that, the cave system, and the creatures that are reported. That, that could be. That could be its own episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, quartz is very, very tough. It doesn't bend to water erosion very easily. Right. So, that's the limestone caverns are made by water erosion, but it could be well, uh, I mean, some dig out around it. If the, yeah, if there's some sort of connection, maybe the, the, the eighty three miles apart. Well, okay. from the main cave part, but they could be touching, touching or something. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if there's any attraction to that and the caves, like br- that brings things in. Or... Giant, the three giant quartz deposits are an own its own episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That may that may be people may find interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I wish you just had a time machine to look back, like either watch the cave forms, how they were formed, what was there before. That'd be that would be a pretty cool episode of something to watch. Mm-hmm. A time lapse of that. I guess that's with anything in history. Yeah, so I don't know if there's I don't know if it's these creatures. Mm-hmm. I do believe there are some something like the Dover Demon or something like that living in these cave systems. Well, I'm not too scared of them, personally. because yeah, you can punch them. But I don't know. I don't think they're coming up. I think... Uh, I've heard reports of these things called white crawlers getting into trash and stuff like that. I can believe that. Mm-hmm. Scavengers. 
there was one guy that had a white crawler report that was huge, like eight foot tall, but was still lanky. Hmm. So yeah, it's still tall. Yeah, but yeah, it's, but you know, it, it's cave animals are not strong animals most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't be because of the calorie deficit. You know, they need to need so little calories. But I could definitely see one if you're near a cave opening, taking advantage of trash and stuff. Well, any calories right outside, mm-hmm. right outside the cave system. A lot of cryptids, though, it just seems it seems like a lot of cryptids. Some that we've covered and stuff too overlap. These cave systems. A are. lot of cryptids, especially in the New England and the Midwest and Appalachia, overlap these cave systems. But you can have uh, I can't I just forgot the word. It's a biological word for creatures using like the front part of caves. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't uh, know what it is. It's like bears and stuff. I think like mm-hmm. Sasquatch uses a lot of these cave systems. Mm-hmm. I don't think Sasquatch is going in and migrating through these cave systems from everything we have descriptive you know, descriptions of it, it does that's not a good fit. Mm-hmm. Uh it would be very, very, very difficult for them to na- navigate right through, uh, through the cave system. I do believe they're using the cave systems, the front part. And I forget that word. There's a word for that. The creatures. Some that, biologist you are. I know. I wasn't a cave biologist. Oh, that's right. Uh, okay, good pass. But there is a word for creatures that use basically the front part for shelter and stuff like that. Farther in than we'd go. But, right, yeah. You know, you need to make sure you can get out. Uh, I do think stuff like Sasquatch and maybe some of our more weirder cryptids. I mean, you could even go the the flying entities, maybe using caverns and caves as an you know a spot to hide during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, there's got to be a lot of energy too flowing through caves, like a lot in the water, constant water. water turning. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody. I think we've talked about that. That water, moving water, generates electric generates electricity. I don't think we have on the podcast. Okay. Troglofauna. Troglofauna. Thank you. Troglodyte. Yeah, troglofauna. Mm, okay. Thank you. Uh, on the spot. Googled it. <laughs> I Googled it. That's yeah. why you're the tech person. Yeah, we needed you here last week. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Well, I was babysitting your child. We have a dog. We have a puppy. Uh, <laughs> what was I saying? Um, we were just talking about... Oh, water. Yeah. So, water moving always creates a large magnetic field, because mm-hmm. it's generating a low form of electricity, uh, so water moving through caves does it too. Um, I don't know if anybody at home is watching the, the Skidwalker Ranch series, but that had a couple times has talked about, there's a big underground river that's generating electricity, mm. uh, and it messes with some instruments and stuff, and it can, mm-hmm. uh... A lot of I mean, a lot of that show's done up for the TV too. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I do think it's, I, I, I don't want to say I believe everything the show does because I don't, but I do think they do have strange occurrences and I do think they are documenting it. Yeah, uh, I do think a lot of it is played up for the TV though. Right, you need content. Yeah, or no one will and watch. Same thing with like Finding Bigfoot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's stuff played up. I don't know for a hundred percent, but there are stuff played up. I imagine for the TV. Like, they find Bigfoot, or see a Bigfoot every episode, or hear one. But I do believe that they do go to active areas, and they do talk to, you know, Actual eyewitnesses. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why I always like the show, is because it points out, like... Actual things. Yeah. And it, you got to have the entertainment factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't be on TV without the entertainment factor. Right. You, you can't. I mean, it just... Your show won't do good. No one will tune in. Yeah. So, I don't knock anybody for that. It's just... You know, you gotta under. Other gotta, people have to understand. Yeah, you gotta entertain. How did we get on TV? How do we? I don't know. How did we go from missing four one to TV talk? Oh, I don't know. It just it finds its way. Yeah, we we're famous. We'll always for going be famous. Off topic. Yeah, for <laughs> tangents. Right, like like this for example. I think these cryptids that come from cave systems, you know, they can come from deep deep within the earth. We don't know what's underneath our feet. We really don't, it's even like though the ocean. it's it's another ocean under there. Um, they theorize that you know there's a core and everything in the earth. Still, just theory. We don't know. So could be Swiss cheese, like you said, and it could be a whole world under do, there. So we have dug down. I think it's nine miles now. Yeah, I think that's about the, the there's one in Russia that's dug down that deep. Uh, oh, oh yeah, there was that something borehole. Yeah, uh, but. For talking about core and stuff, 
Mm-hmm. The electromagnetic field of the Earth is a good symbolizer of what would call it. We know about roughly what the core core is made out of. Eh, we can guess still. It's still just guesswork. But it has to be something that's making a giant electromagnetic field. Well, we just talked about it. Water is moving all constantly. Water makes a very, very low energy. Electromagnetic. Yeah, the baby. ocean doesn't produce movement electricity like that. That we measure. Yeah. Measured. But we, ledger, we measure the electromagnetic field and how the poles work and stuff. Mm-hmm. We know roughly... I'm not saying there's not giant pockets underground, because that's what you're getting at. The yeah. hollow Earth theory. In a way, I, I guess. I don't think the Earth is hollow. I would believe giant holes, like like we just talked about the uh, the cathedral mm-hmm. on a massive scale. Mm-hmm. I do consider, like, a whole lava chamber emptying out mm-hmm. and being filled with life. You know, I mean, there's uh, the underground ocean in, I think it's the Middle East that is the biggest, or not ocean, the lake, underground lake, mm-hmm. is the biggest lake in the world, if you want to, if they, you count it. Consider that, yeah. yeah. So, there I think there may be options for these giant chambers of life. Mm-hmm. I don't think the core of the... I don't think the Earth's hollow. I think it fits the bill pretty well of... Because we have... We've measured plate tectonics. We can see... I mean, that's why Ohio's full of ocean fossils. Mm-hmm. It's because we, we were a beach. Right. We knew it was under. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, time changes so much. We know so little about our past. That is a, that is a factual, factual mm-hmm. statement. We don't even know. I think we still know a little about the Earth and yeah. everything we oh, do. We're still know learning is, every yeah. day. But that's if you believe. But in that's us. just why we're. That's a good difference of opinion. Oh yeah. And nobody's. We don't know, like you said. No, we don't. We none of us. Nobody knows. knows nobody's anything. been to the core. Yeah, nobody knows anything. But I think we do have decent amount of evidence to at least show there's something down there that produces a giant electromagnetic field. Is the only reason we're not wiped off the planet. Yep, and it's a uh, it's a star that's there. It could be. A twi- that produces a twilight. It's a big ball of nickel. Yeah, yeah. There's George Washington's face on it. Cola super deep. Wait. Bor- yeah. yeah, it is. Wait. It was just nine inches in diameter, but at 40,230 feet, rains is the deepest hole. And if I'm not mistaken, I think at the bottom of it, they supposedly they heard, they could hear, like, screaming and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Like, the yeah, lost the, souls. Yeah, they could hear is- hell. Suppose, yeah, quote unquote hell. I've heard the noise. Have you ever heard the recording? Huh. It sounds like hell. Is it weird? Like, what's it sound like? Like, imagine a hospital burning. Yeah. And the people inside screaming. Yeah. And that's what it sounds like. Hmm. But it's 7.5 miles depth, which is only half the distance or less to the mantle of the Earth. Okay, so that's still So it crust. took about 20 years. Which is crazy. Because they ended up reaching 356 degrees Fahrenheit. Not the 212 degrees that was mapped originally. As of 1992. Hmm. All right, so let's rain it back in. All right. Any th- what final thoughts on Mammoth Cave System? Final thoughts. You go first, Jack. Very big, very diverse. You can use more. You can, you're allowed to use more words. So <laughs> there's not a word limit. I'm a simple man. Very big, very diverse, full of life. I mean, but also full of mystery and wonderment. Full of potential. Okay. That's my overview. Okay. Emily? Um, I think it'd be a good vacation. Yeah? Is that, the, is that your total final thoughts? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, okay. gather your own research. See what you find. Yeah, it's... We could even try finding the little goblins since... I don't, wanna, I don't I don't want to find the little goblins. I want to for research I, I think them. that would scare me more than a Bigfoot. I don't know. Little people? Yeah, that would scare me more than a Bigfoot. But you can punch them, remember. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> yeah. The goblins, every time they've been seen, there's been like 40 of them. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a it's lot It's like of piranha. Yeah, it's a lot of punching. I'll just blend in Any with fish them. can beat a piranha. <laughs> Not any pack. fish can beat 50 piranha. Not true. Uh, my final thoughts are, I it's, it's amazing that we live so close to the largest cave system in the world. The vastness of it is truly awe-inspiring. And I do think there are there is a strangeness to it. For sure. Uh, I think there is something along its lines, paranormal, supernatural, or cryptozoological, uh, or maybe all three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's well understood. I don't think anybody really has got a good idea of it, of what it may mean for any of those fields we just mentioned. Right. But I think this episode was important to do because we are going to start getting into some of these cryptids a little harder, mm-hmm. or paranormal events a little harder, 
And it's a good callback to look on just to get basic information about the Mammoth Cave System or the Flint Ridge Cave System. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of my last thoughts on it. I think we're, I think that's, I think that's going to cover the Mammoth Cave System, but we have to still do our call. So it's Emily's turn. I did the last one. No, you haven't. You I haven't been on in like three episodes. I think it's your turn, actually. It's no, because you did last week. I did the week before. It's Emily's turn. I did that one. No, you didn't. I did the one before that. Yeah, so now it's your turn. Uh, we're going to pick, do you want the Dover Demon or do you want the Hodgkinville Goblin to make the noise? I don't know what either of them would sound like. Nobody does. Well, the Dover well, Demon, you just could just talk in your own voice and... No, nah, he's like a high pitch. I mean, I'm just, like kidding. A, I'm just kidding. Imagine a rat and a hodag had a baby. Oh, there you go. It's simple enough. Go ahead. That's a, that's a very accurate description. I don't know. I feel like they tried to imitate people. Though. Come on, Dover Demon. Do it. I don't know. They're kind of like, eh. Like what? <laughs> Into the mic, please, ma'am. <laughs> they can hear it. I, I didn't see the, the volume thing move. That's because my voice go. level. Stop arguing. I literally just said they'd be like, eh. What about the goblins? I don't know. It felt like... Yeah. All right. On that note, I've been Justin. I've been Jay. I've been Emily. And you've been listening to Cribs of the Corn. We will catch you next week. Bye. You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.